Now you can show your support for Inside MusicCast by making a donation at InsideMusicCast.com. Your donation will help us to continue producing future episodes of Inside MusicCast and keep Inside MusicCast radio streaming 24-7. You can also receive special Inside MusicCast merch, such as t-shirts, stickers, and coasters for your support at various levels. Find out more at InsideMusicCast.com. From all of us at Inside MusicCast, thank you for your support. Sean Lee and Andy Platts are back with Ticket to Shangri-La, their fourth Young Gun Silver Fox album in the last seven years. Their undeniable West Coast groove is a prominent ingredient once again, but the addition of some incredible horn arrangements, a heavier lean on the acoustic guitar, and Andy's silky smooth vocal harmonies make for another stellar collection of tunes with the feel-good vibe you've come to expect from this UK-based duo. Here to talk to us about this brand new album project is none other than Sean Lee and Andy Platts of Young Gun Silver Fox. Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. Welcome. Hey, great to be here. Yeah, always good to be here for you guys. Yeah, welcome back to the show because we've had you guys on a couple of times before. So Yeah, and it's good timing because we're here pretty much, of course, to talk about the main subject, which is Sean's broken ankle. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> it sounds great, man. It sounds yeah. like this. <laughs> Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Sean, yeah. we uh, we know you took... Now, you know, when I, when I met you a couple of years back at in your studio there in London, are you... Um, uh, your, your studio is still upstairs, right there? Is that where you took the tumble? It is. I fell down those stairs. Oh. Sort of, sort of, you know, uh, face first, you know? Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. So I, I came out pretty good, to be honest. My, uh, my leg kind of got wrapped around and... And I was able to, you know, kind of reach out and make sure that I didn't sort of land into my head and, and stuff. And um, but yeah, it was the left foot took it took the brunt of it. And holy moly! And so yeah, you know. But I'm a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm still I'm still mucking about. You know, it's <laughs> it slowed me down. I can't carry anything and stuff like that. But yeah, but I'm I'm still you know, life goes on, and I'm just a. Uh, just uh, very slowly going through yeah. what's yeah. You know, you, happening. You mentioned me to me a couple seconds ago before we started that uh, you're actually busier than ever since the fall. <laughs> it's true. I've been really, really busy. But uh, I mean, I, I, I tell you what, I, I had to do, I was in the studio yesterday and I really needed to do like a cheeky drum track Yeah. for a production. And I was like, oh, should I be doing that? Oh, I don't know. And, and so I had to I have that boot on, you know. Right, right, right. And uh and so on the hi hat, there was there was loads of like, open hi hats. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway, I did one take and I nailed the take and I was like, Great, because I'm not doing another one. Yeah. And uh I got home uh last night. I went to another I went to an album release thing after the studio and then came home and when I got home and I took my boot off in the sock off, uh the whole kind of <laughs> top of my foot was all black and blue <laughs> it was all bruised man where the toes hit the foot so i think that was from that was from a cheeky four minute you know drum session but but there you go i'm glad i did it you know that's that's awesome and andy you just got back from the states over here with a great tour with mama's gun and as you mentioned a couple of seconds ago and you know hitting new york and toronto chicago la and uh, give everybody a, a little uh, update as to how everything went. Uh, you, you had some fun. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, I mean, for starters, every single show, there was that 
kind of openness and uplifting feeling that that we kind of get at Mama's Gun shows, uh, and that we didn't know what to expect when we hit the states. Do you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. post pandemic. There's a lot of events, a lot of shows, people vying for people's time, money, and attention. You know, and the cost of living spiraling. So people are being selective about you know what they're doing to go and see shows and stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah, a new band, you know, pretty much unknown in the States, really. We didn't know what to expect, but um, it was great from the first show from, from New York, and uh, there were kind of whispers getting back to the, the cities following. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just got busier and busier, and so by the time we hit LA, it, it was really, you know, it was sold out and um, absolutely rammed and, you know, exactly what you want from from your first shows in the states basically mm-hmm. we're just yeah. we're just sowing seeds and uh we want to come back and do more you know and that obviously that applies to young and silver fox but i'm sure we'll we'll talk about that a bit later yeah yeah, yeah. exactly well you know guys now that you know COVID has settled down a bit you've, you've been out doing gigs and you know a lot more are you uh in terms of just the general vibe and flow of things are you guys seeing the light at the end of the tunnel it's it's is it there or, or do you still have any restrictions on your part of the world um you know every place that you go is slightly different protocols yeah. and slightly different rules and um yeah, yeah i kind of feel like everything is pretty wide open at yeah. the moment but you know you're never too sure um you know things could slightly change so i think i feel like you know that you know there's definitely rumors about you know you know cases going up and this that and the other and i think there's a bit of fear in the air you know um so i don't know i mean i I try to like just act like nothing none of it's happening and i I don't want (laughs) to i don't ever want to go back to that (laughs) (laughs) of course you know what i mean i just kind of like you know you know, it's all about forging ahead now, you know, no matter what I think. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we've been really busy, man. You know, since gig, live gigs came back, I mean, there was just tons of live gigs. Yeah. Tons. Yeah. And, and it's kind of like, so everything was, uh, it was almost too busy. It was like from nothing to like too much all <laughs> right, at once. Yeah. But, it, but it was a beautiful struggle, you know. I think uh, now we're seeing, you know, lots of, Annie mentioned it earlier, but I've seen a lot of, uh, you know, dates you know people having to cancel things because sales aren't good because you know because there has been people have went to so many gigs Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you know like andy said you know the you know recession and everything that's going on it's kind of like yeah it's 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 kind of like all of a sudden now it's a weird time again for the live gigs i think in touring Uh, we're seeing it you know hearing about it all the time about you know dates getting canceled or postponed or because of sales and this mm-hmm. that and the other so who knows man but uh i don't know i think uh you know we're we're we're, we're forging ahead yeah. you know i think mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's the back it's the backlog of stuff as well i mean record labels uh they can't put stuff out fast enough you know there's yeah. a huge backlog especially with like labels that put out vinyl they just they just can't get them out quick enough, and, yeah. and it's the same for shows. You know, people mm-hmm. are trying to get their shows and their tours out there, and it's just there's just so much exploding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in, in the face of where we're going financially, it's difficult. I mean, historically, in times of reception, people you know would would go out more to kind of get mm-hmm. away from the from the doom and gloom of it all. But yeah, yeah, who, who knows? Who knows? You know, it's next six months to a year. What what it's going to look like? Yeah, mm-hmm. it, I think the Young Guns Silver Fox is the perfect kind of gig to, to go to and like forget about all that stuff it's like 
yeah, blow blow all the all the madness out. So you know, hopefully, uh, fo- that's going to be important for people. <laughs> yeah, we need you to come over here to the states so we can uh, we we can get you know some relief here too. <laughs> We're trying, man. We're trying next year. Yeah, yeah, well, that'd be great. Well, you know, you guys, speaking of Young Gun Silver Fox and being busy, you know, you guys have launched a new album every couple of years since 2016. You you know, West End Coast uh, in 2016, that's when we found out about you. AM Waves in 2018, Canyons in 2020, and now the new one, uh, Ticket to Shangri-La here in 2022. So, you know, during that time, you both, you know, have your own personal projects, but how much time do you devote to Young Gun Silver Fox writing, you know, especially over these past two years? Do you, is, is it a lot of time that you devote or do you kind of do it in a concentrated amount of time because you're so busy? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I don't think there's an easy, neat answer to that. I yeah. think it's, I think, you know, uh, I think it depends on what we're doing and, um, I mean, I'm sort of very adept at juggling tons of different things at once. Mm. So, but I'm pretty rare in that respect. See, most people like to concentrate. They need the headspace. They need a little bit like I finish that, and then I can think about that next thing. But yeah. mm-hmm. so I think you know, I, I, I'll invariably at some point start making some instrumental tracks because I just really want to do it. Because I, you know, I'm like, I need to do it. You yeah. know what I mean? So I, I do it, and then. Um, I think, you know, Andy, uh, you know, I, I don't know what, I mean, he, he'll tell you more. I know there's some things that simmer for a while, but then I think there's been on some of these records, the last two records been particular. I think there's been a concentrated writing and finishing things at the last minute as well. Okay. But, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, I don't know, man, it take you know, maybe you can uh, elaborate Andy. Well, I mean, just, just to go back to the initial question, I mean, with us, I think I don't think spending longer necessarily means it's better or more productive. I think we we have our 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 furious bouts of of concentration, which might span you know weeks or days or months, but it's it's never long, long kind of freewheeling, open ended sessions. There's always like a, a beginning and end to working on our stuff uh, that's in the kind of you know, it it, it it all happens at the same time. I think whether Sean gets gets on on his tracks and sends stuff to me, or I start to write to to the tracks that Sean sent me, or or I start to write stuff on my own, they're in their own little bubbles, uh, and um, once they start to stack up, you you begin to see kind of a record appear. Um, but yeah, there's no there's no kind of process to it really. Yeah. It, it's mm-hmm. it's it finds its own momentum once we get into it. Yeah, but there's, but it's definitely like okay, we're making a new record. Point that that happens somewhere along the way that happens, and then it just slowly gathers, you know, momentum. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about the the new album a little bit. It's called uh, Ticket to Shangri La, and uh, it was just recently released. And uh, you know. Um, the first thing that we noticed from the from the get go on when we start the the tracks playing, is that we hear a lot more horns and um, we love it. The the very first track, you know, still got it going on. Is um, I mean, it's it's really huge on the trumpet stabs and just a great arrangement. So my first question is regarding the horns and the new addition of them. Who's doing the arrangement? I mean, great great horn uh, 
arrangements on not only this track but a lot of other tracks on it. Sean, I'll, I'll give this to you. What? Uh, yeah, talk to us uh, about his, that. Yeah, his, his name's Nickel Thompson, mm-hmm. and uh, he plays trombone, and he does the horn arrangements. He's done the horn arrangements on Canyons, yeah, and AM Waves as well. And uh, I, I've worked with him, you know, on lots of different things in the past. But he's he's a really incredible arranger, but He's also like, you know, he's a very great writer and multi-instrumentalist. He plays, Nickel plays in level 42. <laughs> he's been playing level 42 for years. But I mean, Nickel's like, uh, um, actually on, still got it going on. Yeah. Th- that was an instrumental track that me and Nickel were working on. Yeah. And so Nickel's actually, on that track, he plays bass and he plays, uh, Obviously the trombone, but yeah. it's, he might be playing Rhodes on that as well. Huh? Wow. I can't. Re- I can't remember. I can't remember. It might be. Or it might be like. And maybe Andy would know, but it might be Andy and Nickel on Rhodes. But he's a, he's great at like bass and and keys mm-hmm. as well, Nickel. And he's just a, um, very clever. I mean, those kind of modulations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in that song, very Nickel. Mm-hmm. You know, they're mm-hmm. like. Um, I don't know. It's like a different mind. It's yeah. a different mind. It's sort of the, it, it snakes around. Uh, it snakes around in a way that that my my mind doesn't think. You know what I mean? It's a very um, yeah. He's got a, 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 a he has the thing that he does, and I don't. It, it's <laughs> uh, it's kind of like it's complicated and it's kind of, but it's not what you expect it's going to be. I don't know. He has a different way of of modulating stuff. It's quite interesting, but you know, it's a, you know, Tom Walsh on the trumpet as well. Uh, and, uh, nickel. And then there's those to be filled out sometimes with other extra trumpets and extra yeah. sacks and stuff, but they're doing all the kind of horns for Jerry Hay now. Oh yeah. So, so Jerry Hay writes the arrangements and, you know, the, you know, the seaweed horns play them now. <laughs> exactly. Oh. With, with sea, seaweed becomes seaweed. But I mean, they're, <laughs> they're seaweed. so amazing. They're yeah. so amazing. But yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I don't know if there's more horns on this album than the last album. Yeah. I, I think I, just I on the tunes that have the horns, it, it's just so strong. Yeah. That, yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's what I was going to mention. I mean, obviously, you know, you've had horn parts on the previous albums, but they just seem like they're more prominent here on, on this brand new album. Eh? Yeah, I, well, I guess it starts off with a heavy horn. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the tone. I, I I I feel differently about that. I think I feel like Canyons is like the heavy horn album. Yeah. And by comparison, this album it doesn't have as many. I mean, I know on Canyons there are at least six or seven tracks with horns. And yeah, I think that's true. There's mm-hmm. only five tracks on uh, the latest one. Yeah, so it's half, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, and that, and that was actually there. There were there were two little things that we had as kind of as part of the mo for the for the new record, and one was to have less horns <laughs> <laughs> and, and to have more acoustic guitar. Yeah. So, um, but that's funny. So it's funny that you guys kind of picked up on that. But you know, that first track is a real bruiser. It's like horns all day and night, isn't it? Um, yeah, you know, you just mentioned the acoustic guitar, and that's that is something else I noticed about this album. And uh, there, there is more acoustic guitar, and I, I know some of your past tunes have also included the acoustic. But what was the sort of the, the I guess the ideology of of including more 
acoustic on this one. It was just kind of a vibe you guys were going for. Yeah, I think it was just a kind of like, you know, that kind of America, you know, Ned Dahini, you know, that kind of California soft rocky, yeah, you yeah, you know, thing, which is just Canyon vibe, Laurel Canyon, yeah, mm-hmm. very songy. I guess it makes stuff feel really songy. And, and there's part of me that I love the idea. I love the idea that, like, you know, too much acoustic guitar, you know, you know, doesn't get you on the boat. You know, <laughs> I like I like that that's a criteria that is kind of like yeah. it makes it more folky. It makes it more sing songwriter. So it's like it's not boat worthy. But I, I like the idea of uh, like, you know, uh, spitting in the face of that and being like, well, you know, I don't care. You know, do whatever you want to do. You know, if it feels right, do it, you yeah. know, and uh <laughs> I don't think that it does. I, I think it's quite a nice. Uh, I don't know. I think it adds quite a nice thing. Is it nice? It is. Acoustic guitar is just a nice sound. It's so song orientated. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, yeah. It's just it's classic. It's a timeless thing. We th- we think it's it's wonderful how you guys incorporated that and just just from a rhythm perspective at all. But it's um, it's just there. Nice acoustic and the rhythm is there. It's it works nice. Yeah. When, when I think about Young and Silver Fox, I think about our music as being kind of pop music in the in a classic sense mm-hmm. and if we're able to touch on that real heavy you know west coast heavy la session player vibe with the horns and those really tight tracks and at the other end really disappear down the, the laurel canyons and the kind of dreamy yeah. americana side of things i mean between those two poles alone you've got a huge landscape to play with yeah. and um I, you know if people associate both things and everything in between with being us. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're winning already because it's there's just so so much so much to play with, you know. There is it's a lot a of variety wide on wide open um, space. Yeah, you you have a history of a lot of variety of sounds on your projects and you're right, you get everything from left to right and everything in between, so it, it really works. Um, hey Andy, while we're talking about it, um, um, you know, let's talk about the harmonies, the vocal harmonies. Is it just you and Sean doing uh, pretty much uh, most of the harmonies? And I know you're doing most of the the lead work, but on the harmonies, do both of you do them, or is somebody else helping you out sometimes? I think Sean Sean, uh, Sean definitely gets his vocals in there now and <laughs> then, but for, I think for the as you guys would call them, the, the background vocals, um, yeah, it's pretty much me for the yep. most part. Okay. Um, okay. Um, and that's that's I think that's just part of the sound as well. I yeah. think that that came initially from fusing my the sound of my backing vocals yep. and my vocals with the instrumentals that Sean was was providing me. You know, so I mean that was that was the genesis of how you know we started creating stuff, and then since then uh, it's kind of gone up gone both ways. You know, I, I I've started stuff and sent stuff to Sean and, and vice versa. So yeah. But yeah, BB wise, that's that's what it is. So hey, let's let's talk about uh, some of the tracks on the album. And the one I want to start off with is the track called "Tip of the Flame." It's it's one of my uh, favorite tracks in the album, and it's it's super funky. And Andy's vocals are really incredible on this one. And then Sean, wasn't you kind of touched on this earlier? How you were you know uh, creating some instrument? I know you're always in in creation mode, but this wasn't this track one of your instrumentals originally. And how did it become a candidate for the new album? Well, I mean, it was it was one of the early backing tracks that I did for Young Gun Silver Fox. Okay. Um, and, I, you know, I wanted, you know, to do something like, you know, I wanted to do some more up-tempo tracks. 
And so I, you know, I just thought, you know, okay, I, I guess I was thinking about the tempo and the beat initially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I, uh, I laid that down and then, uh, the guitar, I picked up the acoustic guitar. I mean, the songs in the acoustic guitar, really, I mean, it's, uh, it's pretty complete, mm-hmm. you know, like in terms of the meat potatoes of what the music is. And, yeah. and I don't know, man, that was just one of those tunes that, uh, right from the get go, it just came together. It came together so well and just sounded so good. Mm-hmm. Like it sounded like a, a record, like straight away, like with not very many parts. And it kind of just was like, you know, the acoustic guitar and the bass and the drum drums mm-hmm. were killing. You know what I mean? And then I just thought, well, it becomes, you know, academic at that point, a little (laughs) bit of horns, bit of roads, you know, bit of this, a bit of that. And I also knew that I could really hear Andy's voice on it, you know, straight away. Mm -hmm. Like, and I was like, oh, Andy's going to kill this track. He's just going to, he's just going to kill it. (laughs) And boy, did he, I mean, when he came back with a song to that track, I was just like, it was an early, it was an early one that we recorded. And I, I was, really taken aback by the vocals because uh i mean they they, they were just like such a high uh high st- standard i mean it was like he was singing his ass off and i was like holy shit you know like the vocals <laughs> soar on that and yeah. i just thought wow it's uh you know i mean i i remember thinking man nobody's like singing this good anymore <laughs> yeah no you're right <laughs> and I and I was like I was right I was right around the time when I was about to kind of start doing the Charlie Rides Yet Again record. And I was gonna step into the spotlight to sing some songs. And I was it, there was there was this feeling that I had for a second that was like like why bother? What's the point? But then I <laughs> <laughs> true but i quickly got over it and just yeah. thought well you know andy's andy and i'm me and you know uh mm-hmm. you know being me is it's good enough for what i needed to be for you know <laughs> i like that being me is good enough <laughs> that's awesome hey one of the first tracks that you guys released uh, from the album uh it was called uh west uh west side jet did this have me and Rick were talking about this earlier? Uh, did this have anything to do with West Side Story? You know, Andy, tell us about that. Yeah, no, it, uh, absolutely. I'm happy to kind of proclaim that it, that it <laughs> did. You know, I got this. Well, this this was another one that Sean started off uh, like Tip of the Flame, yeah, as a, as an instrumental. Yeah, and um, it was it just had this real clarity. I mean, how did I get onto that? I think I I'd watched um the original of west side story you just walked in yeah. into the room one afternoon it was on the telly and i was like oh i remember this and uh sat down and watched it what well, like the second half of it and it just reminded me just blew my mind how good the score is yeah on that on that musical you know it really mm-hmm. it's like it's like a jazz opera really it's not it's not a musical because it stands head and shoulders above most musicals in right. my yes, it opinion does. Yeah, uh, and so you know, somewhere between thinking about West Side Story in deep admiration of Leonard Bernstein, um, it kind of just by osmosis, you know, the, the kind of kid growing up on the on the streets of mm-hmm. Harlem kind of thing uh, just bled into the the song really. So mm-hmm. there wasn't there wasn't anything bigger than that. Sometimes it just takes something simple like that as a catalyst to 
to create the lyric that you feel should partner with the music. And, um, and you know, West Side Jet, it's, it's a pretty cool title. And you're like, oh, what, what is that about? And yeah, yeah. It makes you think about it. So. Very cool. It's funny, you know, I didn't, re- I didn't realize it. It, it, it first <laughs> it was so obvious but uh, West Side Jet that's a weird title and then I was listening to it and, like, and at one point I was like oh okay duh duh <laughs> okay yeah well I, li- I like that you thought hey what's up with that title because that's that's a cool thing you know yeah um, yeah, you, yeah it's winning that's, the, that's one of the things that, that uh, writing with Robert Temperton all those years ago stayed with me. He's, he was always like, make sure mm-hmm. make sure your title has some, you know, some nous to it. And it's not just, uh, doesn't just melt in the background. It's got to have something that alludes to what it's about or hooks you in, you know. So Yeah. Well, hey, guys, let's pause for a second and let's play a track uh, from this new album. And this is a track called Tip of the Flame from the brand new album, Ticket to Shangri-La, from Sean Lee and Andy Platts of Young Gun Silver Fox, here on Inside Music Cast.
Hey, Andy, I want to talk to you about your the lead vocals and harmonies because between, you know, if you listen to all four albums, you're so consistent. You have such a consistent vibe and a consistent sound. But I'm just curious, on this new album, did you approach your vocal parts, lead or, you know, backing vocals any differently than you did on past albums? Well, between between me and you, Inside Music Cast, um, <laughs> uh, on, uh, on Canyons, I felt like... Um, for whatever it was the time you know that we were in i didn't quite i don't I feel like i gave my best to that record mm-hmm. uh, it was it had its highs and i think its lows were maybe as as low as the highs the peaks were high mm-hmm. um, and so getting into this fourth record I, I really really wanted to dig deep with this with sean and mm-hmm. and just give it my absolute best so down to the, from the writing to to the vocal performances and, and capturing those, mm-hmm. I just really really focused in a way that I perhaps hadn't done uh, probably since the AM Waves record, yeah. I think. Um, but yeah, so to answer your question, yeah, I, I just I just you know dug deeper basically and, and tried to win it across every every single track. I, I believe that because I just thought it really sounded really strong on, oh, yeah. on this album. It's it, really fantastic. Go okay. ahead, Eddie. You know. Hey, Sean, I know that you have your your studio that uh, <laughs> it's upstairs, and uh, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> and Andy, do you have your own studio that you record at, uh, at at your place or not? I do, yeah, yeah. I mean, the best thing I did in my life, I think, was move out to the country a year before the pandemic struck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I spent that year uh, building a studio uh, on the land near, near my house. Yeah, and uh, and that's that's been my base of operation ever since. Yeah, I think where where Sean's is quite brightly lit. And he's called the shop, and he's got a thousand instruments hanging up. Uh, mine is very much. It's very you know lots of low lighting. It's very cozy. Yeah, uh, it, it feels more like a, a secret bolt hole that you wouldn't know is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I which I love, um, and yeah, it's just the place where I can really lock myself away and, and focus and just come out. Being that you have your own studio, talk to us about because uh, I, I know that our listeners are really curious on this stuff. Is you know how what's the process? What uh, do you um, because you had two studios working at the same time potentially, and you know how how mm. did the recording um, uh, happen with both of you and your studios? Well, I'm sure I'm sure Sean can elaborate heavily on this, but I mean, I'll, I'll kick it off. Um, you know, the, the the process is different on every track. You know, I think I think for just over half of the, or maybe half of the record, it is Sean making complete, amazing sounding records that just don't have any yeah. melodies, words, uh, backing vocals, and and so for me, when I get a clutch of tracks. There's usually one or two I'm like, oh, really, I really want to work on that one. And there's usually a two like, oh, shit, that's good. Yeah. Uh, I've, got to, I've got to bring really bring my A game to that. So mm-hmm. I, won't, I won't even look at it. I won't touch it unless I've got something that I've, you know, that, that's worthy of, of it. And I think definitely for this one, Sean really came up with some absolute um, bangers. Uh, I mean, we talked about Tip of the Flame already, you know, but yeah. I think there's some great tracks on there that really forced me to dig deep with those songs. It's about what have I accumulated? You know, I keep journals. I'm always harvesting titles. I read a a lot of books. Uh, I just try and interact with language and literature as much as possible. Yeah. Um, 
it, it, you know, pairing that with everyday life and experience that, that, that between all that, you've got something to say in lyrical format. Um, yeah. And that pairs with what Sean does or it, or it pairs with the, the music that I come up with here. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be from voice notes on an iPhone. That can be on a cassette recorder, scratched mm-hmm. down on, on paper. I mean, it's, yeah. there is no rhythm or rhyme, rhyme yeah. to it, really. Yep. Um, but Sean, yeah, I mean, she, Sean's got his own valley of inspiration that he likes to, to play in. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, you know, the flip side of the, you know, there's that half of the record, as Andy said, was things that I, you know, instrumental tracks that, that I did for him that he wrote over. But then the other half was Andy, like, you know, and this was typically at the end of the album, really, uh, of Andy doing some songs on his own and then sending me over his file so mm-hmm. you know his vocals and his keys and uh, guitars and whatever he's played on their bass you know i'll get like a really good you know a really good i, I, I won't call it a demo because that's a, that's a little bit condescending yeah. but but he sends me over you know his, his what he's done and then i just finish it you know it's just like yeah. it's just adding it depends on the track sometimes uh Sometimes what I add is very, very, you know, I'll, I'll, it's usually drums and things and a bit of percussion. But yeah, I, I'll, uh, I just try to find the little, I try to find the little holes. You know, if, if I don't put stuff on there if it doesn't need to be on there. I just try to find, uh, I actually really love the idea of at, doing very little but adding a lot. And, you know, it's like just finding the right little things that just, uh, just make it you know what i mean they become like your favorite they they sometimes a little thing can become your favorite part of the song you know what i mean (laughs) like one little figure that happens once or something and so Mm -hmm. i like i really like that that idea you know there's that it's satisfying Mm -hmm. to like to get a lot out of a little and it's it's actually it's, it's like working smarter so i mean andy really affords me that opportunity to come in and 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 also, too, I think, you know, for me, it's like uh, he, he comes in with these songs and there's always this moment when I first hear them and I'm just like, you bastards. <laughs> 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 I'm just like, I just so, it's so good. It's so good. And he's just like, ah. Oh. And then. And then I think, oh, yeah, but he's my bastard. <laughs> <laughs> he's mine. You know what I mean? I'm lucky. I'm like, I probably, I was probably calling my worst name than that, actually. But, <laughs> but yeah, but it's good. It's really good to see, you know, it's really good to, you know, pivot in, in, into his, his world, you know what I mean? Yeah, and have to yeah. deal, deal with what he's, you know, throwing at me. And, and, uh, yeah, because people just have, I mean, we have a lot of common, you know, influences and, and, and common, uh language and stuff but you know highly creative people they all have their own their brains work in a certain way and and uh it's quite interesting it's quite interesting to to work with really good creative people Mm -hmm. and you realize that yeah people are just like you know it's 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 very different than how you know sometimes can be very different from how you would do something even though it's not in a different world, but it's just coming from a different perspe- a personal perspective. And it, I find it, it you know, it, it's just really, uh, really amazing that, you know, how people can really be, 
you know, what makes people different from each other, but we're, we're all kind of, you know, we're the same and we're different. You know, I guess it's that kind of mm. thing. It's, it's, it's personality. It's life experience. It's just, mm. you know, it's, it, I, that's, that's what's like great about being in a creative partnership and working with other people because you just get yep. people elevate you they take you to another place and they make you better. Yep. And, uh, you know, when you're doing your own, I mean, I think when Andy works on his own, I work on my own. We're probably quite comfortable in our own skin and we kind of know, we kind of know our own moves a bit. Mm. And so like when you throw somebody else into the mix, it all of a sudden you have to adjust and, and mm -hmm. yeah, you learn, it takes you into different places and you, you know, you, you become more flexible, you know, and, and yeah. uh, at the end of the day, it just makes you better. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, that across the fact that it's just a part, a, a duo as well. There's just, just the two of us. Yeah. Uh, makes it that's a great title for a song isn't it um yeah. I, was just it. Getting, I was getting ready to say you can make it if you try mm, yeah yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah it's highly it's highly concentrated it's highly tuned and you know we're, we're op operating a level between us where we only have each other to worry about and not worry about at all you know we know that yeah. neither's going to drop the ball mm -hmm. but the thing about what sean is brilliant at and what i try to do as well in return is that whatever I hand him, he will preserve the essence and do the smallest mm -hmm. thing to enhance it a hundredfold, mm -hmm. which is, which is in, an incredible skill. I mean, he, he touched on this before about just doing the little things to yeah. really turn something into this atmospheric, this, this record of, of a song that was previously just a recording, you know, um, and I try to do that with what he sends me, you know, I want to preserve what he's done and, yeah. and try and elevate it further. And it's a really difficult thing to nail. Um, but I feel like between us, we have quite a good success rate. Um, and, you know, not, not, not in terms of commercial success, but in terms of yeah. how we feel we're doing, you yep. know, between us. Yeah. And I think. Well, it, it's obvious when you listen to the albums because, you know, it's, it's, I mean, we're huge fans, and we've been listening to you guys since day one, and, and you guys do have a special uh, collaboration relationship with each other. Definitely. Yeah. yeah Just, you know, I, I talking about recording, though, I get such an analog vibe from you guys, but I'm assuming you recorded this album digitally, right? Yeah, yeah, we recorded it on uh, on our iPhones. <laughs> yeah, 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 it, yeah, it is, yeah, it, it's, it's the very, both, isn't it? Yeah, it's analog signal chains, and then the <laughs> final final stage is captured digitally. So yeah, yeah. there's plenty can, of analog you know, what you want, really. in there. Yeah, and it's played by it's played you know it's played on real instruments, you know, played by hand. You know, it's no like uh, VSTs and you know like uh, you know Nords playing a road sound and things like that. <laughs> it's all like legit legit stuff and you yeah. know uh you know it's a, I, I think everything is important you know every little thing is important you know sure. it makes an accumulative difference in the end but yeah um i think the main thing is is you know it's the actual music you know yeah. it's how it's played and how it's written how it's performed mm -hmm. and you know and it's also your ears it's your ears of like mm -hmm. It's 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 the ears and the sensibility of the ears which makes it sound analog as well, you know. Yeah. 
and and just what's used and stuff. It's about like, yeah, it doesn't have to be necessarily. You could record on tape sometimes in the in the late nineties, early aughts. You know, when you recorded on on analog tape, it just sounds doesn't sound tape. It yeah. sounds like digital with a mm -hmm. baby with a little bit of hiss. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it doesn't sound analog. So analog tape doesn't necessarily sound. Yeah. It can sound, it can sound digital, man, and and you know, digital can sound analog. It's kind of like it's how you, yeah, yeah it's how you, it's how you do your thing. You it's know? The yeah, it's the <laughs> ears. Yep, it's on the ears. Hey, there's there's one more track I, I want to talk about from this new album, and it's the track Sierra Nights. And to me, this track is is something special. I, I'm a huge fan. Maybe I don't know if you guys will get this connection, but for me, when I heard it the first time, I just I thought I could hear David Crosby singing this, and mm. you know, with his oh, okay, yeah, 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 get that his approach and his his backing vocals and whatever reason I could hear him singing this song, and and this song has such a dreamy feel to it. I think Andy, you mentioned that sort of the dreamy like thing earlier, and and uh, and and especially you know that those vocal harmonies on this are just butter. Talk to us about how this track came together. Okay, so this is what this is a song that I wrote uh, from top to bottom, on, you know, from my end to start with, um, and it came off the back of reading the novel Don Quixote um, mm -hmm. by Cervantes, which took me about three months. <laughs> yeah. it's like it's <laughs> yeah. huge. Uh, but I, I was just knocked out. I fell in love with the whole world. I fell in love with the, with the two central characters. Um, who are always there for each other, you know, mm -hmm. they're in this symbiotic relationship. And I guess in many ways it did reflect on kind of me and Sean in, in what we do. Um, and so I think, I think I was just subconsciously trying to write the song of the book. You know, you talk about people making the movie of the book. I guess I was trying to write the song of the book. Uh, and so when you read the lyrics, you, you'll kind of, get onto this relationship between these two people and mm -hmm. um, their endurance, um, everything they've gone through, but, and the fact that they, they, they kind of recuperate and restore in the beautiful settings of, of the, you know, Sierra Nevada. So, mm -hmm. which is different to the Sierra Nevada in the States. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I must add, this is, this is the one in Spain. Yep. Uh, and so, yeah, I was really trying to, bottle and capture that feeling that essence i got in the book uh, because the book to me is is almost feels impressionist in the way that it comes across um because mm -hmm. it's so vast you know uh, it just started with that um acoustic guitar figure uh, very simple on a simple drum beat there's a bit of roads there um it's very very simple and i knew i wanted it to modulate to have this kind of Joni mitchell figure after the first chorus as well. This quite orchestrated, composed figure. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So between those three essential pieces and the atmosphere, I think you have something quite distinctive. Mm -hmm. But just to touch on what we were talking about before, Sean added, you know, he played the drums on this, uh, some splashes of colour with percussion and just some kind of pixie dust on there. But whatever he did when he was finished with it from what i gave him it was it just evolved into this whole ethereal world yeah that was another step up so i mean you know the man has gilded fingers 
<laughs> it's the, it's I'm the, walking on gilded splinters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I can tell you when I when I when Andy sent that track over, uh, it you know it blew me away. Yeah, I mean I my I think my jaw dropped. Like I mean, just straight from the get go, it was so beautiful and evocative and atmospheric. It 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 you know it takes you into the world you know that it creates and it, it transports you i mean it just has a it, it 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 casts a spell on you that song and it's just like um it's so uh it's such a beautiful you know i, I don't even want to say a song because i don't even think a song is like uh encapsulates what it is it's it's kind of like an audio it's an audio world man it's like it really is a it, it it it's very visual that song. I mean, when yeah. I listen to it, it it paints a lot of imagery in my mind, mm -hmm. and and um, I you know I don't know I I, I see all the instruments and <laughs> yeah. as well. I mean, yeah. it really is, it really operates in a very special way that song, and it is mm -hmm. different than anything that we've ever done. Yeah. And and it's just a real, I don't know. I I you, you know you could try to explain it, but you still can't. You know you you yeah. can't really explain. It, you know, the fact is it has some sort of like magic mojo yeah. thing that that just takes it to another level. But I mean, I, I mean, I just thought that song was just amazing. And, and uh, I don't even really remember what I did to it, but it was just like some drums and percussion and then some fairy dust. But, but again, <laughs> that was like a tune that sounded so beautiful that uh -huh. it, I didn't have to do much to it. And, and, but you know, the, the little that I did did elevate it to another level uh, with very little effort. <laughs> so I, I appreciate, I mean, that song was like, it, it was like a magic carpet and I just jumped on it and flew away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I flew away until the mix was done, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 It's gorgeous. Yeah, it was good. I, I really was when I, I think when I heard that, I was like, that fucker. <laughs> I was that motherfucker right there. I was like, oh, my God. I just thought, ridiculous. ridiculous. I hate Andy. I hate Andy. I hate Andy. <laughs> I can tell you, somebody, somebody said, uh, interestingly, online that uh, reminded them of the association. Wow. Which I thought was, oh. was a really interesting thing. Yeah. And then I, I, I could kind of like see that a little bit even though it never mm -hmm. really occurred to me but i mean I, it's just a beautiful piece of work that scene mm -hmm. i mean I, I i'm i'm just uh i i also think too you know andy's voice is delivered in a slightly different way on that track yeah uh, um yeah. and but but i think andy you correct me if i'm wrong we're going down i want to go down a side alley here mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but andy and i were involved in this project which is still unreleased by the way even though it's been going on for ages uh and there's there's interesting people involved like todd rundgren and, <laughs> and 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 other people but we we did it we did it we did a seals and crofts it's a covers album of 70 songs and annie and i we got asked to do um seals and crofts song really? um wow. hummingbird hummingbird yeah oh, nice. yeah and I feel like that hummingbird, because we it's like a Young Gun Silver Fox version of Seals and Crofts with Andy duetting with uh, a female artist, which I don't know if I should say at the moment, as it's not out yet. But yeah, yeah. um, yeah. but I but um, 
I felt like that voice came out in that song, but I, I in in the Susan Croft thing, which, which I think kind of led somehow to you know Sierra and uh, you know Sierra, you know. Yeah. And I also feel like that that song, okay. just doing that song, was some what of a turning point, um, because I think it was it was very acoustic, but mm. it was Young Gun Silver Fox, and I, and I felt like this is somehow opened opened some doors you know by doing that it was mm-hmm. just like a yeah it was a master class mm-hmm. you know to do that song i mean it was it was no mean feat i i, I, very I cool. can tell you <laughs> yeah very cool you mentioned uh seals and crops eddie and i had dash crops on the show last year last year i remember yeah yeah and it was great 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 group and great great musicians man yeah, it was. It was a. I, you know, he he's eighty something years old now. Yeah, and very I, rare interview. This. Yeah, he, he doesn't, doesn't do many interviews anymore. So Super was, OG too, man. Yeah, well, tell me about I mean, it. They man, they go back. I mean, people don't even. They had like a hell of a career. Yeah. Before they they were even like seals and crops. You yeah. know what I mean? They yeah. they were like veterans. They just did it all. Man. They played with Glenn Campbell, and you know they. Yeah. It was amazing mm-hmm. their 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 history. Yeah, but, the champs. You know. Yeah. Just, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, you know, this track, uh, Sierra Nights, is, like we said, it's really a special track. Very cool vibe for Young Gun Silver Fox and something a little different than what you guys have done in the past. So I think it would be a great idea to take a second here to play this for our listeners. Again, this is the track Sierra Nights from our guest today, Sean Lee and Andy Platts, from the brand new album Ticket to Shangri-La here on Inside Music Cast. Thank you. 
You know, like we said throughout the show, you know, you guys are so busy, you know, four uh, Young Gun Silver Fox albums in seven years. You know, there's Mama's Gun, there's Sean's solo album, mm-hmm. and, you know, a lot of Sean's other projects that he works on. And it seems like, you know, performing and creating music is, you know, obviously always at the forefront for you guys. But I have a question for each of you, and we'll start with Andy, totally mm-hmm. not music related. So when you're not involved in a music project, what else do you guys enjoy doing? You know, other interests or hobbies? Andy? Well, we're both we're both family men, um, <clears throat> so you know I spend a lot of my time w- with with my family. Mm-hmm. I've got a four and a half year old daughter mm-hmm. who, who I cherish and mm-hmm. want to see as much of her as she grows up. Um, I live out in the countryside, I'm literally in the middle of nowhere, so I interface with nature a lot. That's mm-hmm. great. Um, uh, you know, but p- before uh, before fatherhood came along, you know, we used to walk up walk up mountains and and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. but uh, you know i'm very creative in um in i, I, I like photography you know I've, I've got a collection of analog photography um cameras and i, I like to take pictures and mm-hmm. stuff um i like to write different kinds of writing I, I kind of dabble in poetry although poetry is is a dark art in itself mm-hmm. some something that i don't understand and i do at the same time it, it's a bit kind of uh, elusive um mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a I'm a voracious reader. I love to read. Um, so you know, is that that that's kind of it for me? I guess largely outside music, yeah. but just because music is so central to my life, you right? Know, right. I'm, I'm always thinking about it. I'm always switched on. I'm always ready mm-hmm. to to try and capture those those thunderbolts. You yeah. Know? Um, and and just like everyone else, there's there's friends and family and all the kind of gatherings and social things that that those kind of things bring. Um, but make no mistake, life is so busy that you don't really get a lot of time for much else. And that's why people right. take vacations and take time off. Do you know what I mean? Because it's it just gets on top sometimes. We Eddie and I certainly understand that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you, Sean? I think my answer is very similar to. Andy's, you know, it's like, you know, there's the in-between things, you know, which you have. So it's kind of like, you know, the the family time is often that it's kind of like, you know, you you get what you get, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Right. uh, And and so it's the family life and, and both me and Annie have dogs as well. And so I think there's, there's also that thing of being out with the dog, you know, doing the dog walk thing, which is right probably the most you know nature that i get you know um, <laughs> and uh you know and it's just like you know eating and like you know hanging out you know and, and just uh and you know i, I gotta say and i'm sure you guys can relate to this too man that like one of the things that i really really need is sleep yeah. <laughs> right like, that's like that's like it's almost like i'm fighting for that Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's like a real priority. It's kind of like, yeah. I, 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 and, and especially like, I think it, it started in the pandemic. I started going to bed much earlier than I ever have. 
And it's kind of like, yeah. I, I just, I just won't stay up anymore. I'm like, I just like got to get, I got to, I sort of really feel like I need about 10 hours of sleep mm-hmm. wow. to, 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 to survive, sure. to survive the way that I live. I, I, I kind of now have to get 10 hours of sleep to have the energy yeah. to like, you know, to, to, to bear all the, all the, all the things that I'm doing, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah. Otherwise I, I will crumble a bit. I feel like it's kind of like uh, in, in order to kind of protect, you know, my health and stuff and all that. I feel like sleep has become a really important thing. I I, I don't know. You know, it's, it's kind of like a, it's not a hobby, man, but it, it's, <laughs> sleeping is a way of life. You know, like, I know for some a, people it's, it's a essential part. I used to be like, oh, I sleep and I'm dead. But I'm like, right. now if I don't sleep, I will be dead. So it, I think that's what it is, man. But yeah, other than that, man, that's it. Music is yeah. all encompassing. It's, it's, it's always there, man. It's always, hmm. it's, you're listening to it or doing it or being at a gig or thinking about it or looking on something online or, yeah. you know, it's just a, it's a constant obsession yeah. You know, there's it, just so much of it. You can, I don't know. I'm never, I feel sorry for people when they get burnt out. You know, I, I do, mm-hmm. I do, I, you know, you see it, you see it. People yeah. get burnt out, man, you know, and I feel, I, I, cause I don't get burned out. I mean, I, so it's kind of like, uh, it makes me sad when I see people, I don't know. I guess it depends sometimes. Why, why do you do the things that you do? Right. I think that's the thing. I think that's mm-hmm. the thing. When people don't know why they're doing it anymore, that's when they're in trouble. You know, it, but it, it's like, you know what I mean? Yeah, when, when it comes to music, though, you, with some artists, you can hear that. You know, you, you, you hear that they don't have the mojo they once had, and maybe they're just, they just do it because it's what they do, but they don't have the, you know, the, the same energy or passion for it. I mean, mm. it, that's very true. I honestly feel like, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll be 60 next year, and, you know, you know, I feel like I'm better now than I've ever been. I never, I, I don't think I've lost anything. I feel like I'm just gaining. And so I, that, yeah. that's like, I just don't see why it needs to be any different than that. I hate the idea when people, you know, they get so much success in early life, you know, in their late teens or early twenties or whatever. And then they, they apex. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's kind of like people lose the hunger and all that. So I, yeah. I almost feel like sometimes six, too much success is the enemy of the creative spirit, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, if, if you get to the point to where you put out a standards album, then we'll know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Motown, Motown covers album. <laughs> oh, wow. Tell <laughs> me now. Wait a minute, Mr. Postman. <laughs> oh, man. Calling occupants. <laughs> oh, no. Clatu, you brought up a Clatu uh, record. A Clatu record, exactly. <laughs> what about a swing? Fly me to the moon. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Well, we've been we've been chatting with um, Young Gun, Andy Platts, and Silver Fox, which is Sean Lee, and collectively they're Young Gun, Silver Fox, and they have a brand new album. It's called Ticket to Shangri La. It's their fourth album, and this is just another jam that they've delivered. So, you guys, uh, thank you for being with us. Congratulations on this great project. Project. Yeah, thank, thank you. you guys. And uh, the best to you guys. I hope the, everybody that's listening out there to uh, uh, the show uh, spread the word. If you haven't listened to the album, listen to it. If you haven't purchased it, go online and let's support great music. So that's what we always like to do here. Rick, anything? No, thanks so much, guys. Keep doing what you're doing because we love it. 
Yeah. Thank you, Rick. All right. Thanks for the support as always. No problem. Yeah. No problem. Thank, thank you so much. And we are working our hardest to get over to play some shows stateside. Uh, we're looking at spring 2023 at the moment. That's at awesome. the very least, a couple of shows on the East and West Coast, but hopefully something in between as well. Yeah, we hope so. Yeah. You got it. Watch this space. Yes. And, and we'll be sure to let our, our, uh, our listeners know too. No we, doubt. Thanks again, I guys. thought you said wash this face. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, you can, you can wash it if you want. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you guys go shower now. We'll see you later. Okay. <laughs> Take care. Okay. All right, we'll see yeah, you later. we did tell you we went together, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. Thanks you again. Later. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 <laughs> Special thanks to Sean Lee and Andy Platts for joining us on this episode of Inside Music Cast. We also want to thank our Inside Music Cast correspondents for their support and dedication, including Brian Pearson in Chicago, Kim Riley in South Florida, Scott Gross in Tampa, Mikhail Ingstrom in Stockholm, Scott Sheriff in Nashville, Don Brightup in Los Angeles, Loretta Sassaman in Seattle, Yinka Oyelese in New Jersey, and Arnaud Legere in Paris. Now you can show your support for Inside MusicCast by making a donation at InsideMusicCast.com. Your donation will help us to continue producing future episodes of Inside MusicCast and keep Inside MusicCast radio streaming 24-7. You can also receive special Inside MusicCast merch, such as t-shirts, masks, stickers, and coasters for your support at various levels. For Eddie Cabello, I'm Rick Such. Thank you for your support of Inside MusicCast.